they were concentrating on TCF, where the absentee voter ballots were being tabulated. And the ballots were being brought in like they normally are, you know. And they thought that these were fraudulent ballots, but they were in the regular time frame. As a Republican leaves, they're not replacing them with another Republican. They're stopping. So you have to look at the, the, the labor intensity of this operation. Now, some of these people have been at this operation since 6 a.m. in the morning. They are tired, okay, worn out. But they're still there because they believe in democracy and they believe in the system. So at this point, we are not letting any more affiliations to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. It was the people who were siding with this candidate who was perpetrating a lie all the time. And they were looking for cracks in the system, but they didn't know what was going on. Detroit is another place I wouldn't say has the best reputation for election integrity. In Detroit and Philadelphia, known as two of the most corrupt political places anywhere in our country. Former President Donald Trump repeatedly spread false information about Detroit and Michigan and the November 2020 election over and over. There is no evidence of a stolen election. Hundreds of challengers were able to view absentee vote counting at the TCF Center. There's nothing to substantiate allegations of made-up ballots. But Detroit has a history, not of any widespread fraud. We're going to take that off the table right now. But there has been state and federal review, unbalanced precincts, and questions going back before the current city clerk took office 16 years ago. And that's the role that's going to get national scrutiny in the next midterm and presidential election. Michigan is a battleground state. And Detroit is its biggest city. People are questioning the whole democratic process and how voting works. Before 2020, it wasn't a role that received much attention. Now that folks are questioning election outcomes and the the legitimacy of the election, I think there has been a lot more attention paid to who's in charge of running things. Today, you'll hear from the candidates trying to run things. And you'll hear how we got here. I'm Carrie Jr. the second, and this is the new weekly podcast from the Detroit Free Press. This is on the line. Yeah, come on. All right, all right. Uh-oh. You coming in? I am gonna come in, yes, sir. Thank you. How you doing? Hello. Well, you're the tall one. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is a beautiful home you all have here. It's very cozy. My name is Vernon C. Allen, Jr. Uh, I am 78 years old. I was born August 2nd, 1942 in Atlanta, Georgia. But I've been here basically all of my life, ever since I was about a year old. So I call myself a Detroiter because of that. Okay. I worked at Jail Hudson's. I'm a Vietnam combat veteran. So that's a little history of Vernon Allen. So as you heard, that's Vernon Allen. This is a municipal manual. He worked nearly 30 years in the Department of Elections from the mid-70s to the early 2000s and even served as deputy city clerk. 
Among the city clerk's powers and duties are to keep the corporation, corporate seal and all papers filed for pertaining to his office. We went to talk to Vernon to get a sense of what the issues have been in the office historically and what caused them. City clerks are a big part of what keeps a city running. They keep record for city council meetings, administer oaths, and, of course, serve as the chief election officers for their communities. They maintain voter registration sites and poll locations and make sure election workers know how to count the ballots. The major issue in the 70s was the late vote count which was caused by the absentee ballot procedures and the archaic way in which they're processed. They, a lot of the ballots did not come in until after 12 midnight. And so because of that, candidates were thinking that there's some fraud going on, the election is corrupt. Yeah, that sounds familiar. There have been questions raised on elections since back in Vernon's days in office to go back at least to George Edwards. Under him, there were instances when it took multiple days to tally votes. Delays occurred in 1970 after trying to institute a new punch card voting system. And again in 72 due to absentee ballot counting. As our citizenry aged, more people would vote absentee. And a lot of people found that very convenient. Out of town, senior citizens. After Edwards, there was James Bradley. Bradley served for 20 years, but ended his tenure on the defense after some residents were turned away from voting in the 92 presidential election. There are no perfect human beings, like there are no perfect systems. So we have to make allowances for human error. Vernon's last boss, the last clerk before current incumbent Janice Winfrey took office, was Jackie Curry. Concerns with Curry were raised several times. For example, the state stepped in to assist Curry in 98 after a polling book was lost and votes weren't counted or counted twice in the primary. Vernon wasn't there for this, but Curry also came under serious heat a few years later. And by serious heat, I mean a federal investigation. Well, the atmosphere surrounding the office was always one kind of like an enigma basically meet james hill a senior news editor for the detroit free press i was surprised in covering city hall uh, to learn that so many of the functions of city government were essentially still done by hand uh, whereas a lot of other places you know things had moved online he's a native detroiter and covered city hall during the second half of curry's time in office you know when jackie curry was there uh, and she was you know unceremoniously defeated in 2005 it was because of you know questions about how the process was working and the allegations essentially you know she would deputize um building managers in senior senior housing facilities, for example, to be election workers. And they would be able to help residents there uh, fill out ballots, folks who, you know, didn't even know their own names in, in some cases. And you even had instances of people who had died, uh, you know, or lived at addresses that were vacant lots in one case, as I recall. Curry even told the Free Press her office sent out pre-marked ballots but the FBI said they didn't find any federal laws violated. Either way, she was ousted by Janice Winfrey. 
Winfrey was quickly credited for running smooth elections and speedier vote tallies. She cleaned up the voter rolls, too. But there have still been concerns raised. A mess over hash marks almost cost current Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan write-in votes in the 2013 primary. In 2016, 37% of the precincts in the city had more votes tabulated than people logged as checking in. And in 2017, a number of precincts were ineligible for a recount. And then she came under a microscope in 2020 during the primary. Could we go specifically to the, to the primary election day and, and like what led the state to step in between then and the general election? What what led them to step in was just when they were doing the audits. Again, that's a part of the normal process. You had incidents where poll counts uh, in separate precincts throughout the city weren't matching up. There were too many instances where numbers were off. In some case, in large percentages. In your in your uh, history as a journalist, is that common? Like the the, the numbers being off. Yeah. For a clerk's office at precincts beyond just Detroit, other cities, other states. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the same thing in Chicago, seen the same thing in New York, uh, you know, places where I've worked and covered elections as a political reporter. So, I mean, it's not unusual. But again, that's where the audits come in. But that's why the state stepped in. A, because of those issues and B, because the outside voices who are already questioning the legality of the election even before it happened, then that's shown an even brighter light on it. And so you don't want to get to a situation in the general election where it'll be like, aha, see, we told you something was going on here. Like we said, there's been nothing proven about fraud or problems with the vote in Detroit that would have changed the results of the general election in November 2020. But the questions and false allegations still came and they rocked the city that day. And for months to come. As you've been saying, that the deeds themselves have been different across the years. They're not the same acts. But did it make it inevitable, you know, when there was a hugely contested election, that Detroit would be a focal point? Well, yeah, it, it will lend credence to those who already have questions. If you've had issues before, then of course it makes it a lot easier to believe that something could happen now. Most people don't think about elections until election time. Given his experience, Vernon had a few thoughts on Detroit's past issues and future. We have to be proactive about educating the citizenry as to the process of election and how important it is and how important it is for all of us to know what's going on so that these accusations of fraud cannot be perpetrated and realize that human beings make mistakes. And, and this could be just be human error. We need to change the law because human error is going to occur. The perpetuation of our democracy is election-based. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. So we just took a look at the past. After the break, you'll hear from the candidates vying to be your future. Hey, Freep listeners. My name is Tad Davis. I'm an audio producer for the Detroit Free Press. And I want to tell you a little story about how we came to make one of our podcasts here. 
When the pandemic began in March of 2020, many of us were just confused. As journalists, it was hard to find the right coverage of something so terrifying, so bewildering. So to try to find some sanity in it all, we looked back to the last time something like this happened, 100 years ago, during the 1918 flu pandemic. And what we found was, yes, there was general news about the crisis, but when it came to first-person accounts about what kind of impact the pandemic had on daily life, there was almost nothing, just headlines. And when we saw this gap in coverage from the 1918 pandemic, we didn't want history to repeat itself. So we decided to create We Lived It. The We Lived It podcast covers stories from across Michigan, from following high schoolers who returned to school during the pandemic. I can't really um, switch from hybrid to virtual priority district um, guideline and rules. So, I mean, I kind of have no choice but to go hybrid. To people finding new ways to be together and celebrate life. Marge, you got to mute me because I don't have any buttons. Remind me to do that and I can do that easily. Anybody else need to be muted? Yes, yeah. This podcast has given us the chance to dive deeper into subjects and stories and helped us build a new format of covering the pandemic and future stories. The We Lived It podcast sets a historical and human version of what the pandemic was like for listeners now and in the future. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get the podcasts. And while you're there, if you like the show, you can leave a rating. It really, really makes a difference. Okay, thanks for listening. And we're back. I'm Kerry Jr. the second, and this is on the line. So there are four candidates looking to unseat Janice Winfrey in Tuesday's primary election. Michael Richard, Beverly Kendall Walker, Denzel McCampbell, and write-in candidate Kenda Anderson. We spoke with Clara Hendrickson. She's a Report for America core member who came to the Free Press to run fact checks on the 2020 election. Clara's also been covering our clerk's race, and she's going to help us walk through the candidates. So let's start with Denzel McCampbell. Who is he and what's his campaign's main message? So Denzel McCampbell uh, is Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib's communications director. My name is Denzel McCampbell. I am a candidate for Detroit City Clerk. I was born and raised on the city's east side, now living on the west side near Rouge Park. He is a young progressive candidate who has sort of built his main pitch for his campaign is all about doing voter outreach to encourage higher participation rates in the in the city's election. You know, folks want more information. They want more uh, engagement. We really need to meet folks where they are when it comes to educating folks on even the basic levels of civics. So his his main platform is let's get people out to vote. Yeah. So how does he plan to change that? How does he plan to get people out to to vote? Yeah. So he has talked about a civic education core that would meet with residents across the city and ask them what they need to participate in elections. This will be folks in the neighborhoods working with uh, those black clubs, working with even precinct delegates to get that information out, going door to door to say what issues are important to you and connecting the dots between every level of government and how folks can be engaged in their government. I think for him, it's also been an important point to be seen as an advocate for the city's voters. If we do not change the way we do civic engagement and education in the city of Detroit, if we don't change the way that we 
have a very robust election administration when it comes to training, when it comes to making sure that we have that timely information. We don't change those things for the better. We will continue to see our voter participation rates decrease, and we will have a government that is even more disconnected to the issues that are impacting communities across the city of Detroit. Let's move on to Michael Richard. Hello, Detroit. My name is Michael Richard. I was born and raised in the city of Detroit. I'm a candidate for Detroit city clerk. Who is he and, and what is his campaign's message to the voters? So he is a legislative aide for Wayne County Commissioner Monique Baker McCormick, and he has been frustrated with Winfrey. The number one reason is people have lost faith in the elections in Detroit. In this term, in this administration, it has been horrible. Uh, So this would be his second time vying to unseat Clerk Winfrey. And he told me he's never heard people complain this loudly. And he said that mediocre is not working in Detroit. And so what does he consider to be the biggest problems with the clerk's office? He used to work as a trainer. I am the only candidate that not only worked in the Department of Elections for six and a half years, but I'm certified by the state to be an elections trainer. And he said improving training would be a central pitch to voters in his campaign and that he would prioritize making sure that there's not only just the normal training process that goes on, but maybe even taking election workers to other parts of the state to get information and input from how folks um, get training and run elections there. The people in Detroit will have faith in the poll workers as long as the poll workers have material that they need, voting machines that work, and poll workers that communicate with each other and know what they're doing. Okay, so let's move on to Beverly Kendall Walker. Um, Who is she and, and what's her campaign's main message to the voters? So she is a 66 year old legislative assistant to Wayne County Commissioner. My name is Beverly Kendall Walker. I am a legislative assistant to Wayne County Commissioner Tim Colleen, representing District 1, which is the northeast side of Detroit, Harper Woods, Gross Points. Uh, and she protested outside Winfrey's home following the August primary. And she said she was encouraged by members in the community to step in and run for city clerk. Uh, I had no intentions of running for the city clerk until it was asked of me to consider unseating um, Janice Winfrey because of her lack of uh, uh, understanding uh, for the affected voters in the city of Detroit. And she has said that she's given Clerk Winfrey the benefit of the doubt, but there's just been too many problems for too long that it's time for someone to come in uh, and, and address the issues. And so um, what does she consider to be the issues in the office. The main issue that she is focused on has been the out-of-balance precincts in the cities. It's been a historical problem, and uh, I believe that the process is somewhat corrupt in that we know that there is a problem, but yet it's allowed to continue year after year, election cycle after election cycle. Um, And making sure that people don't keep looking to Detroit as having these problems with out-of-balance precincts, like let's just fix this problem so people stop asking questions, stop giving people a reason to ask questions about the vote count in the city of Detroit. How does she plan to do that? She is focused on making sure that election workers 
have proper training and are recording things um, as they happen, making notes so that you don't end up with all these unexplained imbalances at the end of an election. So training has been a focal point for her campaign. She's also talked about making sure voters have information about the election. That's the basic thing that we should do as a clerk is to provide information to the voters so they can respond accordingly. And we have write-in candidate Kenda Anderson. Anderson has made many comments about the Department of Elections just not running smooth enough. We got someone that's been in there for 16 years. We do need a new set of eyes. Anderson's goals, like many of the other clerk candidates, is to focus on improving the training in the office. But she's also got her eyes on technology, compelling younger volunteers, and community engagement. You know, if your computer system or your office is not updated with the changes of the the country, then there's a problem. The local election is the election that changes the city. And so by that We need to make sure we get someone out there to engage our city and change it. We reached out to Janice Winfrey, but we were unable to connect a time to speak. Winfrey traveled to D.C. this past week to testify to the U.S. House panel on election subversion and threats to election workers. In the Detroit Free Press's voter guide with Bridge Detroit, she did say the issues she believes her office most needs to tackle. They are anti-democracy bills in the state legislature, funding for new technologies to be more efficient, and continuing to attract qualified staff. We also talked to Clara about Winfrey's position on the race. So I think Clerk Winfrey has sort of said, I've been here, I've been doing the job, and even in the face of attacks on the city and the legitimacy of the election process, we ran a smooth election in November uh, there was pretty high turnout rate for the city, 51%. There were ballot boxes across the city. Most voters voted absentee and things ran smoothly. Her central election pitch is sort of, I know what's necessary and what needs to be done uh, to to conduct an election for the city. I've done it before and I'll keep doing it. What, what are the future challenges that whomever is elected as clerk will have to face There's sort of this sense that election officials have this new responsibility to debunk misinformation. It's kind of a (laughs) new job responsibility that's been added to their role. And then I think um, there is concern, too, about potential voter intimidation in this hostile political climate. There's not only a focus on election processes— But there's also now a focus on finding someone who's going to stand up for the city's voters. Anything else uh, voters should keep in mind, James? Uh, Keep in mind to vote. I mean, get up and go vote. Freep Senior Editor James Hill again. Uh, get those absentee ballots if you need them, but just make sure that you are participating in the process. Go vote because, well, because the perpetuation of our democracy is election based. Did you get that? So... I kind of been hinting heavily 
that there is an election Tuesday. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a voter's guide. And the Detroit Free Press teamed up with Bridge Detroit to make it happen. Just head to freak.civicengine.com and enter your address. You'll see what your candidates had to say about the issues. And that's it. Our first episode done. I'm your host, Carrie Jr. the second. This episode was produced by me, Darcy Moran, and Tad Davis. Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers. Peter Batia is our editor. Our show's theme music is Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. The show's artwork is by Brian McNamara. Thanks for listening. And if you like this show, leave a rating and subscribe. It really makes a difference. See you next Friday.